Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've had a fun weekend. We've had some technical difficulties. Uh, we're down a computer today. Steph, hope you're doing good over there with your iPad camera that follows you. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. I'm just enjoying. I'm in a lull just looking at Steph's camera, following him around. That is just so satisfying to me. Steph, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Again, down a down a laptop, but uh, two more weeks, then done with the semester, and I'll, I'm starting to look for something new. Hey, that's fair, man. We're gonna get we're gonna get a little bit better with our schedule. We're just we're in the dog days of it, right? Final regular weeks of semester. Then we got finals. So once we get through that, this summer is gonna be fun. We're gonna get a lot of content out for you guys. We're gonna get it on podcast. We're gonna stick better to our schedule. We've been on a schedule, but we're gonna be better about it. YouTube's gonna ramp up, TikTok's gonna ramp up, and we'll try and be better about like not just posting this umpire sucks on Twitter. Um this past week when we've had a lot of fun series. There's a lot of rain. There's a lot of rain. Uh, Shohei pitched on a mound with the rain. Shohei did not like that it was rainy. Shohei did not get to pitch a lot of innings because it was rainy. And he struggles with zippers. That's all. Yeah, that's the key takeaways from this weekend. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Stavs, can you kick us off in the American League? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, so we'll start with Twins Yankees first. The Correa, Correa thrives on the hatred it feels. Um, he says he just absolutely loves it. Um, Twins pitching staff is definitely legit. Um, they went against some heavy hitters out in New York and they pitched extremely well. Um, Yankees pitching staff has done a considerably good job considering the injuries and how we kind of predicted to them to perform. Um, Brad's Garrett Cole Cy Young prediction is probably pretty spot on at this point he pitched nine innings gave up two hits zero earned one walk 10 k's in his last outing and stanton is out with a grade two hamstring for at least a month they just came out today for about six weeks um i saw i saw a, a post that uh was it who is the god bald guy tom bald guy what Steve? brett gardner brett gardner brett gardner played He's played more games since 2019 than right. John Carlos Stanton has with the New York Yankees. Um, so that's that's fun. Uh, but the uh, it's it, it was a split series two two. Do you guys have anything on this series? Sticky. Um, I mean, oh, I, I did forget about that game. So basically, if for, for those that don't know, Domingo Herman was throwing very good game against the Twins. Uh, he was striking out a ton of batters. Curveballs were great. Everything of that nature. After one of those like checks, where like they they give him like a nice hand rub after an inning, they deemed his hand was really sticky and it was like mainly his pinky, so they had him go wash it off. He goes and washes it off, comes back out next inning, it's sticky again, right? Rocco Baldelli loses his mind, and nothing really happens of it. Post game, he goes, "Yeah, I have a rosin bag in the dugout that I like rub up on, and it makes it sticky because you're allowed to use rosin. Rosin's a, a legal substance." People mix like spit and rosin, sweat and rosin. You can't spit on the ball. You got to spit like on your hand, rub it, something of that nature, right? But like, I don't know how I feel about this because this is an example of someone using what they're allowed to do. It just has a negative, I guess, outlook from it. But there's the issue of he says, or it can be reasonably inferred that the reason it's in the dugout, not on the mound, is because you only have 15 seconds to put the tack on the, like, put the tack on your hand. Like you don't have that luxury time. Um, I mean, for for me, it, it's it, I'm kind of where where Rocco was at. Like, he was warned once, he came back, got checked again, and it was it was there yet again. You you got to you got to get rid of him after that. If you check him twice and it's the same thing twice, you got to he's got to go. I think that's fair because you're basically saying, "Hey, go clean this off, get it off of you," and then he does it, and it's back. And even if it's legal, right? I feel like that's the thing, though. If it's legal, you're basically saying you can't have any help at all. You can't have anything. I mean, it is, but on the same token, like if if you have that rosin bag with you in the dugout, like it, it should be out on the field. Like I, I, I don't, clock. I don't know. I know, and I understand that. But if he's applying, no, but like he's applying that in the dugout, so like he's not reapplying between every pitch. Right. So like the, the pitch clock thing doesn't really, that doesn't really track, at least in my head, my thing is, again, you're warned once you get caught again, you gotta go. I don't care if it's legal or not. If they deem it sticky, then he, he has to go. Here's my question. Do you think that this would have been a problem if Domingo Herman was not throwing 
a perfect game or, you know, dominating like he was. I think if he wasn't pitching that well, they wouldn't have been as, you know, worried about it. No, because why would you change something if he was getting lit up? Uh, but yeah. I think that it, it obviously is going to be exaggerated when the Twins offense had beaten the Yankees pretty solidly the first two games. And now they're just getting shut down by Domingo Herrera of all people. Like, yeah, he's a solid pitcher, but he's not a shut you down for six innings perfect type pitcher. I think that's why it was so, so much more of a shock to the Twins. That's definitely fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I my my big thing is he, if you if twice, if I have to talk to you twice about it, he, he has to go. Uh, and I what? think that was that was Rocco's issue with it. No, that's that's completely. I get that. And people point to the fact that his RPMs went down, right? Like, yes, he was using Raza. Like, he was using something sticky, but it was legal. But also, it doesn't matter if you wash your hands, even if you're not doing something. Any, like, I guess, friction you've created on your hands is now gone because you've cleaned it off with soap. Even if you're if you're cold turkeying it, like, there's still going to be a restriction of, like, any sweat that's built up on your hands now off of it, anything of that anything of that nature, your RPMs are going to lower. So I think it got a little bit blown out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, let's head over to the Rays and Blue Jays series. The Mighty Rays are not invincible. They lose not only uh, two games in the series, but the series as a whole. Um, Rasmussen got hit pretty hard in game one, and Barrios has a decent start. He went five with only allowing one. Um, they did lose the series, right? I just said that, but it was an incredible. It's still an incredibly impressive road from what they did. They did beat thirteen or did win thirteen games in a row to start a season, which is incredibly hard to do. They are all every single team that they beat are MLB teams. They are all competitive teams that are trying to win for the most part. Maybe not the Athletics, but the Athletics are a pesky team that are going out and trying to win. Right? Uh, Kikuchi pitched well in his outing. Um, the real Rays do the real Rays do come out in game three to avoid the sweep. Canahan goes six, only allowing one. So I saw this question on TikTok, and I want to ask you guys about it. Is is the pitch clock because Alec Manoa has not looked good so far this season? So is like the pitch clock affecting kind of like heavier set guys a little more because they don't have the ability to catch their breath um, and stuff like that? Because I like I know like when I was younger and I was a little more heavy set, like having to get sped up was is incredibly hard to to like catch your breath right these are professional athletes i i don't think it's that big of a difference if you look at everything that's pointed wrong it's been his stuff like all his stuff numbers are down his fastball is being used lower in the zone than it should be sinkers worse the slider like his big pitch of you know his biggest pitch, the 15 inches of sweep, that's lower. The veal is down, so it's just less effective. The changeup's been his best pitch, and that's not his trademark pitch. The run value doesn't really support that, but in terms of stuff, that's been his best. His last outing, he was up to his highest he's been. It's just he he hasn't been the same. The shift kind of did hurt, and I feel like he was someone that there was bound to be an ounce of regression, but it's been a little bit. It's been more like a couple pounds of regression, not to make a like big set joke, but I, I think I think he might have screwed himself over when he when he said that line, you know, pressure something you put in your tires because he has not looked the same since then. And you can get the yips by getting, you know, shelled. It can it can mess with you. And I think that honestly it might be a mental thing. I don't know. I, I honestly didn't look much into the saber metrics on this guy last season. I don't know if the expected stuff was not there, but Alec Manoa might just be in his own head. I, I really am I'm thinking that. You know, some guys come out the gate cold, some guys get shaken up in the postseason and then aren't ever the same. Um you know, there's a couple guys in history that happens too. I don't think it's going to be the same for him. He needs to just shake it off, though. He, he's definitely a little bit, you know, roughed up by last year's postseason run, I think. He's walking okay. 15% of batters this year compared to his 6% last year. Yeah, I, I, just all around, step back everywhere. I don't know. It was just, it was a question I saw. And I was like, I mean, I can definitely see, I could see a point of it, not like, not that like, because again, you don't have time to catch your breath between the pitches. You're carrying a little more weight, um, and I could I could see it affecting some people. Again, you're right; they're professional athletes, but it is a, a decent talking point. Um, 
set of the Angels Red Sox series. Um, Anthony Rendon's last lackadaisical throwing motion lost them um, the first game on two throwing errors. Their defensive woes very very bad early in the season. But both teams' offenses are really their main point of their team. Um, after game two, Zach Nito gets called up, and David Fletcher gets sent down to AAA. Um, he went one for nine in his first two games, um, and the Red Sox take this series three to one. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Zach Neto getting Neto? Sorry, um, Zach Neto getting called up, and uh, how do you feel about this this series just as a whole? Very I, I Neto. Don't think, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. I, the Angels are another team that are just not run well. I don't think he was ready to come up. I think that might mess with his mental. It might mess with the way he plays baseball. He needs more time in the minors. It, it, it just not time you bring him up. Brad, do you think he was major league ready to come up? Or you think this is rushed? I don't know if it's more he was ready. The David Flusher was just so unbelievably garbage. Yeah. I, I mean, it's also like throwback to the Tyler Anderson rant I had last episode or whenever that was. Like, they're not utilizing their pitchers correctly. They're in Fenway, which is a hitter's ballpark, and I don't like the fact of the matter is they have Zach Neto playing second base. They have Luis Ranjifo at shortstop. Neither of them hit this series, right? You have in the five other positions, you have competent major league bats. Six other positions. It's just I don't know. I not out on the Angels by any means. This isn't the Red Sox have ended the Angels. It's just I think they might have just looked really bad in the series. Yeah, I I, I mean, don't know. the The takeaway the takeaway is that the Angels, you know, aren't as mighty as we thought. They, you know, every single season I think for the last three seasons they've come out the gate pretty hot. Um, this season not not crazy hot, but they look like a better team. And I think now we're kind of regressing to the mean. They're about a five hundred team. I'm a little concerned. I. I don't know what they need to address, but it's just not working right now. You need to be beating teams like the Red Sox. To be completely fair, in a couple of these games, I'm not going to say all of them, but in a couple of these games, their bullpen didn't look atrocious. They looked like somewhat competent pitchers. Um, I think they wanted the def- the defense that, that Neto brought um, because, again, like I said, in the first couple of games of the series, Rendon had two throwing errors. They let up a lot of runs on just – mental mistakes Alex Cora talked about it. he was like we had to capitalize on it like if if you give us more than 27 outs in a game we are going to beat you and that's just true in any game if you give up more than 27 outs more than likely you're going to to lose that game the bullpen is I, I was just looking at it to see like how bad it's actually been they're 12th in the league in ERA in the bullpen ninth in starting pitching like, yeah, so I don't, I don't know I think it's, what I think. It's I mean, they need, hitting. they need to address. They need to address the bullpen because bullpen can get better, right? And they need, they need some sort of consistent bat. I don't know where they're going to get that consistent bat, but it feels important that they go and get someone that they can count on to get a, a single, or something just to get on base and put a little bit of pressure on the team i mean i feel like that's not trout or taylor or hunter redford has been fantastic first of all rendon's been okay taylor ward will be fine like i i think we've agreed that like taylor ward's a solid baseball player he'll be okay yeah logan ohapi actually looks legit it's just seven eight nine yeah seven eight nine is a hole Um... i saw I think it's just I think it's literally just hitting with runners on base. I don't know if there's a stat you can look that up, but like this this lineup is pretty stacked. Like it it's pretty stacked and it doesn't matter if you're missing three good bats. A team with six really good bats should be winning more games than this Angels team is winning, especially considering that they have a decent bullpen and a decent starting rotation. It it I think it's coming down to the fact that they're not clutch. They're just a team that cannot drive in batters when they're on base. I, I think that's their problem. They're just not putting as many runs on the board as a team like this should be. Um, yeah, I definitely, I, I don't, I, again, I don't, I just said, it. I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do if I was in their shoes. Cause you need every game this season for the angels is just that much more important. 
Because if you lose it, you're one step closer to Otani being out the door. He's basically one foot out the door at this point in time. And every loss you take is just one more, one more for him out the door. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to think about it. It's Shohei Otani. We're going to talk about this 18 times before the trade deadline or and during next offseason because if he doesn't test the waters of free agency, he's being stupid. The only way the Angels win this whole thing is if they re-sign him. And the only way they're going to re-sign yeah, him and- is comp- if they're competitive right now. But they don't have prospect capital to be dealing for relief pitchers. Yeah. I, I, you you got to hope one of their 20 prospects they drafted in, what was that, 2021? Yeah. Comes up and, and is good this year. I don't know. I, again, I don't have that up in front of me. But I something needs to change whether that be a defensive shift uh a bullpen arm to come up and just be locked down or a bat that is extremely extremely helpful they need one of the three if not all of the three okay let's throw it over to the other Sox team the orioles and the white Sox. um adley is just good at baseball um, despite a strong outing from Clevner, the White Sox lose game one. Um, he said he just feels like they're beating themselves um, at this point in time. Um, is there any truth to this? I mean, given the, the White fact Sox are just that beating themselves, given the fact that they haven't won a series yet, they're the only team to not win a series. It feels like it to some degree, but it just it doesn't feel like the White Sox are that good. In all honesty, it really doesn't. I I was slightly threatened by their offense to start the season. It's just everyone's gotten hurt. The the big bats in that lineup are not looking as good. You know, Robert Colt cooled off. You know, uh, Jimenez went down with an injury. He's back. You know, the White Sox posting he's back for the 50th time. They literally have that graphic just prepared every time he gets injured. It's so funny. Um, Anderson's down with an injury. There's a lot of, you know, injury. I mean, we talked about the ceilings and the floors, and we always mentioned injury concerns. If this team was fully healthy, I I fully believe that they would be a a contender for the Central. It's just not going to happen right now, especially with these injuries. It's also the bullpen's not good. The bullpen is the worst in baseball in terms of ERA. It's like the most expensive bullpen, too. Like, they're spending – I think they're up there, at least. I don't know if they're the most, but they're up there in expense – like, pay-wise in the bullpen, and it's just been – awful i mean it's it's true the white they haven't they're not competing they said that there was going to be a new brand of baseball with the new manager everyone coming in to take over reshape this tony la russa travesty i guess that's the word the chicago white Sox are outdated just a travesty they're they're behind they don't have a brand of baseball that's the issue right you think about teams in their division. The Cleveland Guardians are contact hitters. Right now, the Minnesota Twins are pitching juggernauts. Hello. The Kansas City Royals don't have much of an identity. And look, they're not succeeding. The Detroit Tigers don't have much of an identity. And until the past five games, they haven't really been succeeding. You can just yeah. take the AL Central for that example. And they need to know who they are, first of all. And if they can discover that, then maybe they'll enter this division race. But until they get there, they might be sellers at the trade deadline. I see that as a real possibility. I, I really do. It is well. At the same time, I think their volatility has just gotten even higher. I feel like they could finish the season on top. I feel like they could go on a hot streak and with you know, given everyone comes back healthy and everything goes perfect. But there's a chance that this team sells and just sucks after the deadline and finishes with, you know, a pretty, you know, like unpredictable record of like you know almost 100 losses like they could be a really bad team if they sell everyone i don't think they'll be that low because you have to consider like they're not going to trade cease they're not going to trade luis robert they're not going to trade eloy jimenez oscar colas andrew vaughn trade what like tim anderson and giolito uh giolito clevenger lynn uh hendricks maybe i don't know think that would go over that well I, I don't dislike Anderson, Grandall. Like, uh, if 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 is Hendricks supposed to come back this year? Yeah, he's it's gonna so be probably if he comes back and he's locked down like he normally is, then which I don't think he he won't be. 
because um, he's not going to rush coming back. He's going to come back at his own pace. Um, I, I think he, he'll he definitely help that expensive bullpen a lot. Um, but so, uh, Christian Rodriguez, it looks like he's really only getting better. Uh, he gets rocked in the first inning and settles down. It's kind of like a lot of normal aces do. Um, and in game three, the White Sox let Cease down. Uh, bummer was quite a bummer and allowed three runs uh, in, without an out in his uh, inning. Um, and I'm going to double back to the Orioles. Um, I want to talk about Gunnar Henderson. He's kind of been rocky to start this season. Is there any cause for concern at this point in time? He has a very, very – he's in the 99th percentile in walk percentage. But out past that, none of his percentiles are super off the charts. He's batting 178 throughout the, thus far this season. Um, what is it? Uh, 373 on base percentage, like I said. He is very, very good at walking. Uh, 289 slugging, 662 OPS. Just uh, – it's, it's a caution to the wind question. I'm not saying there is cause for concern. I'm just saying what you guys think. There is a reason I didn't pick him as my rookie of the year, and it wasn't because I thought he would randomly just disappear like this, but it's because I didn't know if he'd be that consistent. And I think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to come back. And what are you looking at me like that, Brad? How's I think your that Gunnar Henderson. You're doing? How's yours doing? Wait, oh shoot, wait, yours is actually doing pretty well. Did you pick Hunter Brown? Who did you pick? I forgot. I picked Gunnar Henderson, and Hunter Brown was oh. second. Okay, yeah. Well, the only it seems like all of our rookie of the years are not doing well, but you know we're all settling in. It's okay. You know we're all settling in. We'll uh. We'll calm down. Yoshida on top. I still got him in there. Um, but I'm not worried about Gunner. I, I think he could easily tear it up in the month of June, July. I mean, there's a million months he can do this in. Like, he's going to heat up eventually. It's only a matter of time. I think he could do it literally right now. He's got, a, he's got a similar barrel percentage, similar exit velocity. He's hitting the ball in the sweet spot of his bat more often. He's walking more than he ever has before. And from the looks of it, it generally just looks like he's taking too many pitches. He just needs to be more aggressive. I mean, early in the season, it's so easy to say this, but like, just to provide some perspective, a guy like Bobby Witt was batting like 120 a week ago, and now he's up to, to 299 because he had like four three-hit games in a row. Max Muncy. Literally, it's too early to say this. Like, you can have a good week. Like, Gunnar Henderson would, could win player of the week with eight hits and immediately be back into the rookie of the year conversation or like the best you know the conversation for the best young player in baseball like it, it's that easy it's too early to say i, I like the orioles yeah. a good amount right now they're a playoff team right now they're the six wild card spot their offense is pretty pretty good in all honesty if they had an ounce of starting pitching i think grayson rodriguez will be there and we give him i'm going to give him like five or six more starts before i start like judging him if that makes sense as long as he's not getting like tattooed all over the yard, but if he's competing, if he's dominating in stretches of the game, and then in six or seven starts, we get this breakout, you know, six innings pitch, 10 strikeouts, one hit, something of that nature from Grayson Rodriguez. I think then I'll be pretty confident in him. Kyle Gibson's been okay, but pass up the starting pitch has just not been there. Kramer looked pretty good tonight um, right. against the Nats, but again, it's the Nationals. So, um, I don't know. It's I, it was just it was just a, it was just a question I had because I, I was looking and and my roommate say uh is a Orioles fan. We were talking about it. And he's he's a little worried, but um not we're not we're not sounding alarms quite yet in my opinion either. Uh, let's head over to the other uh young kid, Hunter Brown, and his Astros take on the Rangers. He looked good yet again in his start against the Rangers. That was. It was a very good outing. Um, but outside of him, should we be worried about the starting rotation as all? Well? Um, the Rangers' offense uh, feels legit despite the Seager injury. injury. Uh, Simeon has to step up. Um, I think he will, and he did in game three of this series. And can their the Rangers' rotation stay solid despite the DeGrom injury? Um, didn't happen in this series, but it did just happen, and he – um, it's also, it was just kind of like risk kind of, they just wanted to be cautious, but, um, Rangers do win the series two to one. What are we thinking? Well, he's expected to make his next start. So I think we're okay. Doesn't look like I he's think heading to the IL. But... Um, Hunter ground looks really good. You bring up the point that should we be scared about the rotation? We're talking about the Astros rotation. Yes, Astros rotation, sorry. Oh, Fran Bravaldo's looked really good. Christian Javier looked really good in his last start. It's just Jose Arquiti. 
And who's their fifth starter? Just drawing a blank. Jacob Rizzi? It's not. It's not Odo. It's um. Because McCullers is hurt too. McCullers is hurt. Oh my god. Roster resource. Hello. Yeah, because it was it was it was Garcia Brown. It is uh, Garcia. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Garcia. Garcia has been really really garbage. Yeah. He's been new, Luis Garbage. Yeah, he looked really bad. In, he looked bad in game one. Hunter Brown settled down and then Framber. Uh, in game two. And then Valdez went game three. Yeah. And the thing I with Framber is he, he had four runs, but only one was earned. And he went like seven yes. innings. I was looking at a lot of a lot of statistics regarding Corey Seager because I was like, man, this pick sucks. He's getting injured. I mean, obviously, that's not something you can control, but dude, he was looking very good at the gate. I, I mean, I didn't really expect him to be looking that good under the hood. Uh, that rhymed, but I, I, he really does look good. And if he comes back from injury and plays as good as he is doing now, I really do think this, this Rangers offense one looks scary. And two, my MVP pick looks really cool. Um, but more importantly, the Rangers offense is real. It's just a matter of whether the rotation can stay healthy. I think Andrew Heaney pitched another good game. I don't know if that was in this series, but I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about this rotation. Well, given the fact that Corey Seager's on the IL for a month, I don't know about that MVP pick. He's gonna hit like 15 home runs in a week. Well, I mean, if he comes back and is sensational, I could see it. But I don't. I could see him being in the conversation. I don't see him winning it. He's got to be historic to beat Otani. So yeah, it's not happening. El Tom. All right, ready for the National League? Yeah. No. All right, so we go to Cincinnati with the dollar store Reds versus the many dollar store Phillies. And yet Nick Lodolo, who at the time, before tonight, recording this on Tuesday evening, uh, was the ninth best pitcher in MLB for F4. He has another great start. Jonathan India seemed fixed. The Reds scored... 13 in game three behind Graham Ashcraft looked really good. Will Myers had a two home run day. The Phillies won 14 to three in game four, a little bit of retaliation because Luis Sessa allowed 11 earned runs over three innings pitched. Series split two to two. Do we think that this Reds rebuild is coming along very well or are they just, you know, an explosive team? Do we think this is the future? Like with, you know, obviously starting pitching looks like the future, but do you think this, this lineup, as currently constructed, could be, you know, contending within the next year or two? I will answer that question once they start calling up some bats. Yeah. Yeah. They need – I'm not going to – as currently constructed, no. Once you get, like, Noel Marte up and a couple there and what, De La La Cruz, right? Um, Once they get those guys up, then, yeah, I could definitely see – I could definitely see this being a, a competitive team. Um, you need good starting pitching to win championships. If you go into a postseason, uh, if you go into a postseason with a with a good one, two, three, that'll get you very, very far into the postseason. We saw it back in twenty nineteen with the Nats. They had a very, very good one, two, three, and it got them very, got them deep into the postseason. Um, saw it last year with um with the Astros. They had a very, very good one, two, three, and it got them through and into the postseason, into the World Series. Yeah, the Cincinnati. All right, the Phillies a don't look good. The Reds are outperforming what they are, and this they they faced and they were even. Yeah, I I mean okay, I don't know this team. I think this Phillies team put up like fifteen hits a game. I mean they're they're hitting they're hitting pretty well. I mean they're having some really good offensive breakouts from these guys. Like Brandon Marsh, Bryson Stott looks good. Bone looks good. These are like the role player type of guys you would think. I mean, obviously the big guys are playing well too. Even Castellanos is looking pretty good. And there's a deep drive to left field. I, the whole the whole offense as a whole is looking good. The pitching has been horrible. I, if if I had any questions about this team, I would have I would have more been worried about the the offense than the the pitching. But now it's just completely flip flop for me. Um, I don't think there's too much cause for concern. I don't think they're as bad as they look right now. Um, what do you what do you think about that, Steph? So, I mean, a big thing is Bryson Stott. He's kind of come out and swung pretty well, um, kind of done well with the shift getting getting banned. Um, he's kind of going to, to left field a lot. Um, he looks very, very good. Um, I, again, we talked about it. It's it's just the bullpen and the starting rotation. It just doesn't look good. Um, I, I don't know if 
coming into the season, I don't think we really had cause for concern about starting rotation. Like, I think I, I had no as much Cy Young. He does not look like a Cy Young, right? But I, I don't, I don't, it, it's again, it's early in the season. We're like, what, 20 games deep at this point? Like, it, it, there's still time. There's 140 games to play. It, right. But when, when I think when Harper comes back, that'll be, which I think is why he's trying to rush to come back to play first base um, and play first base. I, I think that'll be the real telltale sign if this Phillies team is is a bust or is it a boom? Uh, my question is, because a guy like Bryce Stott, I, I was like really on the hype train looking at his stats. I mean, this is a guy with what, like probably like six doubles. Yeah, six doubles, about 30 hits. Um, doesn't walk that much, but like, why does his peripherals look so bad? Like, he is he hit going the ball hard? Is he going to regress? Is this not like he's been hitting? He's been having these multi-hit games like every day of the week, um, and he looks legit. And he's just not. His peripherals look horrible. They literally look horrible. I mean, like the expected woe was in the 18th percentile. You know, considering a guy that's hitting doubles and I mean he's hitting singles every game, but you know, hitting for some decent like he's got an 879 OPS. Something's not matching here. I don't know if this is, you know, a guy that's defying the Sabre metrics or if it's just a guy that's, you know, getting lucky. But I, 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 does it regress eventually or? I mean, yes, because it regresses over a long sample size. This is a short sample size. It's also, fact of the matter is, is he's profiling as a contact hitter right now. It's a majority of singles. There's a couple doubles scattered in there. He has one home run. Uh, The expected batting average is still pretty high. It's what is it? It's in the 67th percentile. So kind of just above middle of the pack. And he doesn't barrel the ball. He's hitting it on the ground the majority of the time. He doesn't walk at all. He's got a 390 on base percentage to his 382 batting average. There's a 0.08 difference there. So case in point, he's not really making much of a difference when it comes to hitting the ball hard, hitting it in for power. Right now he's contacting as a profile bat and every pretty much every Contact bat has a lower x than than their actual woe. Hey, I mean, his teammate Brandon Marsh does have good peripherals. That makes me happy. You know, I like Brandon Marsh. He looks like, I mean, right now, like a pretty complete guy. So if there's a bat that's going to stay consistent in that lineup that is, you know, considered a breakout, I would probably pick him. Moving on to the Pirates at the Cardinals. The number three Pirates offense gets shut down by Vinny Velo. Oh, um, Johan Oviedo strikes out 10 oversetting seven innings pitch of one earned ball, but he loses the game. Go Bucks. Steven Matz had his first quality start of the year, but a 10th inning three-run home run from Andrew McCutcheon helps the Buccos win it. The Cardinals offense didn't really show up besides game four. Where they only scored five runs and they split the series with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the playoff Pittsburgh Pirates. What's happening? Is this team good or are they or I mean, like, I don't I don't know what's happening with these guys. Like Andrew McCutcheon's looked good. Brian Reynolds cooled off quite a bit, but I mean, still looking pretty good. A lot of a lot of pieces on this team are working pretty well. Um, I mean, obviously it doesn't like stay completely consistent, but are are we somewhat sold on this team? They're beating some pretty good teams. You know, I'll tell you who I'm sold on. Who? Brian Hayes. Has he has he been doing decently better? Well, he's got a six ten OPS, but yeah, but he doesn't whiff. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't really walk that much. High expected batting average, high expected Boba, high ag- average exit velocity, and our favorite part, a 14-degree launch angle. Yep, and a 21% barrel rate despite crazy peripherals. I don't understand. He's hitting the ball directly up the middle. He is not pulling or going up. He's hitting it right up the middle. I mean, this is a good profile. Why doesn't it match, you know, with a with like an all-star kind of player? This is a guy that has extremely high upside now offensively. We've known this. I, I just is he going to make the change? You know, is he going to make the change to turn him into the all-star? Because he could. I mean, another bat in this lineup would make this team, you know, pretty scary, actually. I mean, there's actually a couple decent thump bats in this lineup. I don't know. I mean, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, they're going to regress. They're not ready yet. And if they don't, this is going to be like the Giants last year. Not that they're on the same caliber of team. But if they don't sell at the deadline, they're making a mistake. Yeah. Who are you selling at the deadline? Rich Hill, Vinny Velo. Who else have they signed? They signed Carlos Santana. McCutcheon. You don't trade McCutcheon. Okay. No. Good. Yeah, don't, don't. Just ask. Um, okay. 
I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what, like, what I'm going for is like, they're not ready to compete yet. If the playoffs started today, it's competing time, but it's not. If you're somehow in contention in what's the trade deadline, July 31st, so four months from now, three months from now, then go for it. Like, I, I guess the thing with the Pirates is, when you look at this roster, you're like, all right, this is not the team that is going to compete for a playoff team. There are pieces on this team that will be there, but this is not the exact team that will be going for the playoffs. So you don't take the risk. I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna contradict myself here. You actually trade at the deadline, even if you're in contention for it, because you're going to fall out of playoff contention more likely than not, and you don't get anything for not making the playoffs. You get a mid-tier draft pick. Unless you get really, really lucky, you that's really it. You aren't going to offer a qualifying offer to Rich Hill, Carlos Santana, Vinny Velo. So get some value out of them. I I mean, I, I agree. Um, it just comes down to, you know, are you letting the fans down by, you know, giving up on a playoff contending team like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you were reasonably you know out of contention, I, I think fans would be you know decently okay. I mean, even the Nats when they weren't playing well and they did a fire sale, the fans were upset. Can you imagine if they were actually, you know, in a in a position to win the division or make the playoffs? The thing with the Nats versus the Pirates is the Nats were trading off like generational talents. They were trading off Scherzer hitting free agency versus Vince Velasquez. I see no difference. Stav's thoughts. I think you just <laughs> you just brought that up to be a, a no, tool. No. Um, all right, let's head to the next series. I don't want to talk <laughs> about the Pirates anymore. I love the Pirates. Uh, the Brewers, the Brewers went to San Diego and they took three out of four. Devin Williams looked absolutely dominant in game one. He just he he comes in there, grabs the door, puts their face on the door, and just like slams it. He, like closes the door on them. Uh, yeah. Devin, Eric Lauer, bump day. The best day of the five-day week. He is a absolute masterclass of a pitcher. The Padres are just lost in the sauce beyond comparison because Cy Lauer, he goes six innings pitch and only allows one run. Rowdy Tellez hit two bombs in that game. Game three, Jake Cronenworth and Xander Bogarts had three hits. That was the only game the Padres won. And then game four, Wade Miley and Yu Darvish had a masterclass. Darvish struck out 12, but the Brewers won one to nothing. Go Brew Crew. Good job. You beat the Padres. I'm weirded out that Wade Miley did as well as he did that game. I was like, you Darvish, there's no way he's getting outdueled by, let's see who's pitching for the Brewers. And then it was Wade Miley. Like, what do you, that doesn't I'll cook happen. on my boy Wade. I'm cooking on my boy Wade. Or your no, boy my Wade. boy. Not my boy. Mine. I don't know what they're able to do out in, out in Milwaukee, man. But they, I mean, it's not like Wade Miley was bad, but like, you know, this good. Wade. I don't know how, it, it, I mean, one outing. Nah, I think that the, the Brewers look like a real team right here. I mean, they've beat, they've had a really tough, um, you know, strength of schedule to start the season and they've managed pretty well against these, these teams. So also you remember how the whole thing that we were really worried about with William Contreras was that he'd be bad defensively. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's a, an above average glove now. And a below average bat. <laughs> Fair enough, but it's literally opposite day. Oh, a seven fifty four OPS isn't atrocious. I mean, to be fair, his brother's not hitting too well either. So he's got a three forty six expected woba to a three forty seven actual. He's walking, striking out a little bit. Um, is it okay? I'm not upset by this. I, I'm pleased. I guess. Yeah, you're right. So my question is, when we record our next episode in two days. There will be a certain new person in this lineup, and how do we think that's going to affect them in the Padres lineup? Ferdinand. He's hitting pretty well in the minors. If you weren't, if you weren't, if you if you're new, if you haven't been checking, uh, Fernando Tatis. Have you no? But have you have you have you watched the pitches that he's been hitting? They're I mean, like middle it's, middle. It's still it's still fastballs. major league level, not major league level, but you know, like one might baseball. say for a level. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, Brad. Good, good reference. Um, I, I'm, I'm sold. I, I'm not giving up on the Padres. It's, first of all, it's way too early. Second of all, they got potentially their best bat entering the lineup 
now. Um, and they already are stacked. Juan Soto is horrible. I mean, he literally is not good anymore. I don't know what's happening. I, I'm about to give up on him. I'm, I'm running out of patience. I'm serious, Brad. When, when do the peripherals start to match? When does he start regressing back to the mean? Because he has been underperforming his peripherals for a year now. When does it start? He to has been back? absolutely atrocious in San Diego I mean, compared to in Washington. Like, like, like the peripherals don't look bad. It's just, it's just, he has but, not put the actual stats up and, and I'm just not sold. So, so for me, I think, I think it's a, there's a, there's a combination of things that's going on with Soto. And I think he's, he's adjusting with the, he, he has a new, he has a, a he tweaked his batting stance a lot in the off season. So he's adjusting with that. He's adjusting with the pitch clock because I don't think he's a big fan of the pitch clock, but he is still still adjusting to it. Um, and it, it, it's the whole drama from last year. I think he's still not fully over it, in all honesty. Um, and I think he's still kind of weeding his way through everything. There's There's a lot going on in Soto's head, and I think – I don't know. I think he's getting in his own head about it. I think he's definitely I, – I, I don't think it's time to give up on Juan Soto yet, Tom. Um, I think that is a, a overreaction, but I think um, he, he, he will come back and he will regress to the mean. If I, if I was Juan Soto, I would sue Scott Boris because he <laughs> lost Juan Soto well, probably $200 million. I'm not even kidding. Did you see, did you see the, um, what was it? It was the tweets today. Um, and he had came out and said that he kind of, because last season, whenever he was like asked reports about it, he was like, well, I let my manager, I let my, my, uh, agent deal with contract negotiations, blah, 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 blah. Right. Today, he like said something about how he believes the Nats ownership leaked the contract details, um, last year. And then he cut ties and said, I don't want to negotiate during the season. Yeah, Nat's ownership has just fumbled the bag Atrocious. so hard. I mean, I don't. It, so I don't know if that's the full truth because I'm gonna be honest. Scott Boris feels like a person to do that. The only person I know didn't who did not leak the the contract details is Juan Soto. I can't say either way whether Nat said it, whether Boris did it, whether outside source did it. But I don't know. Uh, I I would be pissed either way because as a player, if you're gonna be there for how many years was it? Like 15 or like it was a lot. Of, it was a long time. 13, like, I want to say. It was 13. And you're making that much money. You're going to be there for the rebuild, sure, but you're going to be getting paid. And you're going to – and you better hope that the that the um, the Nats aren't rebuilding for 13 years straight. You know, you're going to be competing again. Like, Juan Soto bet on himself, essentially, or Scott Boris is betting on Soto, and he lost. I think he's going to get a significantly He is losing. He has not lost yet. I think it's almost over for him. I mean, is he? No, I'm not saying his career's over, but I'm saying in terms of getting the big bag, it's going out the he window. He still has the rest of. He has 140 games this season, and 162 next, and a postseason. I think that's the only chance he's Door got two. postseason. He's looked not good in the regular season. I. It's just, you know, the fact that he showed no signs of weakness and being so young is the reason that he got such a big contract offer. I don't think he's ever going to get that much money offered to him again. Do you do you agree? He did. He there was weakness in his game. Yeah. But, do you think? But do you think he's ever going to get a contract like that offered to him again? I don't think he's, he's ever going to get a contract like that. Exactly. Unless, uh, unless he begins right now to come back, like he like he needs. Because if you can perform in the postseason and you can perform somewhere in between what he's doing right now in San Diego and what he was in Washington, um, then he'll he'll get the bag. I Brad, agree. Yeah. I think that he'll be fine because he's making go. $21 million this year. He's going to make an exorbitant amount next year in arbitration. He'll be okay. Moving on to the Dodgers-Cubs. Noah Syndergaard struck out the most batters that he's ever struck out since 2019. That's good for him. He struck out nine. Max Muncy hit a bomb versus a non-Giants team. Yana, uh, Yan, Yan, Yan had a pop-off. He popped off. Uh, Jameson Tyona, Michael Gross looked good. The number two Dodgers offense, according to our power rankings, totaled six runs over three games. Good, good job, guys. Cubs took the series two to one. And my comparison is the Los Angeles Dodgers look like a mid-tier college team. We win the midweek game against the lesser team, then struggle on the weekend. Um, I mean, I think 
I mean, the, the Dodgers offense looked just fine against the Giants. That's all I'm going to say. That's, but, that's, that's, that's my point. Win against the midweek against the oh, lesser yeah, team. Oh, yeah, that's you referencing. No, I am saying that, that the Dodgers just care more about some teams. I don't think they just – I don't know. They just didn't seem to care this much this series. Their, their offense is gone. And I'm not saying this, this, this Cubs team is bad by any means, but, like, they should be losing to them, at least, you know, as they did. Um. I will say, I think I think the Giants unlocked Max Muncy. They at least unlocked the third outcome, which has hit a bomb because um, he's looked very good since that Giants series. Um, again, smaller sample size. But um, there was also some questionable calls. Um, in which game was that? Was it game two it was game or game two three? game two where Brad Boxberger painted outside of the zone for five called strikes where no pitch actually touched the strike zone. And they Dodgers struck out looking on, I guess, five not umpires. Shoot. Umpires have not looked very good thus far this season. Um, again, early in the season, they're still getting their legs under them as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was a fun series. Cubs, Cubs take a series that they definitely needed. And and again, I'm a believer in this Cubs team. I think they have the possibility, especially with the faltering Cardinals right now. And I mean, the Brewers look very good, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tom is a hater. Uh, say Suzuki looks very good um, in CG because he just came back and he looks pretty good. Uh, hit a couple bombs in 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 LA. Um, yeah. Nah. I mean, All right. yeah. Uh, Mar- Marlins Diamondbacks. Jarrett Cooper has been really good. Trevor Rogers actually had a good start. Uh, Bumgarner so unbelievably horribly bad garbage trash. Wishes he was mediocre. Snatty uh, struck out nine, his season high, but he allowed four runs. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later, why he might not be succeeding. Uh, Zach Gallen, he strikes out Chess Chisholm. If you guys don't know, they were traded for one another. Uh, six and two-thirds, two hits, no earned, seven strikeouts. Corbin Carroll, Pavin Smith, and Christopher Walker all have a good day at the yard, but the Marlins take the series two to one. Um, I'm leaking future information, but... Corbin Carroll has walked. He has reached base on balls. He has reached base on balls. That's all I have to say. Um, I mean, Zach Gallant's back. I think he won player of the week. Um, he's back. I, I don't think there's much cause to be worried about that. I'm a Zach Gallant believer. Uh, he just He's just nasty. Uh, he's going to be one of the best in the league for a while. I, I mean, there's not many other takeaways. Yeah, I found it really and, difficult and- to write notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's just – Two two team. They're just two baseball teams. You know they they play sometimes. I mean the Marlins are above five hundred right now. Give them credit. They are nine and eight, so that's a little bit surprising. Luis Arise looks really solid. Diamondbacks are still fine. They're like said, the class of the NL West right now. Yeah, and I mean low bar. I was looking at a stat the other day, and it was like, I think there's been two hitters in the history of baseball to be batting five fourteen after you know like two weeks in the season, and it was just Luis Arias and Barry Bonds. You know that's some good company to be around. I mean, it's not going to happen again. No. But, uh, he could, he could be a guy, you know, that 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 maybe you know hits three fifty in a season or hits three sixty in a season. It might be one of the highest batting averages we've seen in recent memory. You know, no, I could definitely, I could see, definitely that. see that. Uh, are you ready to get in interleague? International league? No, 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 no. We we gotta. Do you want to talk about Snatty now or later? Oh, I, I'll Snatty it up. Basically, right. Stavs reaches out the other day and says, "Why Snatty bad?" And I was like, well, Snatty's good. It's just he's struggling a little bit right now. And he had, he knew he was pitching like Snatty right now. Sandy Alcantara issues. Uh, mostly been pitching to contact. Defense behind him in his last start went down from I mean, out of average to an, uh, zero. It is defense. It is uh, outs, zero outs. It's not above or below. But basically, his defense played bad behind him in his last start. His least points a little bit off. It's a couple inches higher, which is going to change the shape of all your pitches. But the biggest one is the slider. Uh, it's more of a, it's borderline cutter, just with less carry. It's become much more bullety, and it's out of the zone more, and it's not getting chases. So that's not much of a recipe for success when your big big name pitch was your slider. So Snaddy will be back right now. It's Sandy. Yeah, he's just got to. Gotta, you know, address the problem, and I'll be pretty soon. I'm not too worried about it. No, it's time for interleague, <laughs> and it's time to talk about me and Steves' teams. Let's start the Nats, the Guardians. 
Um, the ice kind of melted for several players in this series. Josh Bell with a six-hit series. You know, he did not come out the gate hot. He, in fact, was pretty bad. Um, and then we got some nationals heating up. You got Luis Garcia and Jemmer Candelario, who seemingly – Jemmer Candelario did not look good to start the season offensively. Defensively, he actually looked pretty good, uh, actually really good. But he's now waking up on the offensive side of things. I think he went from batting like 190-something now to 290-something. You know, he's up there. Um Lane Thomas, you know, bright spot in the Nats lineup. You know, you kind of, you know, fleeced. Was it the Cardinals, right? Yeah, it was the Cardinals. We gave him John Lester. Yeah, oh. that's a, that was a good trade. That was a, you know, Mike Rizzo W right there. Uh, Lane Thomas. I think I think he's going to be a good piece in the future. Hopefully, he you know survives on this team. I don't know. <laughs> is is he going to survive on this team, Steves? So 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 we were propositioned by one of our friends uh, of what are our thoughts on the Nats moving moving him and i don't see why they would do that and he went was well, I, I that's what i thought about soto last year lane thomas he's played very well thus far this season he played pretty well last season but again he's, he's kind of a streaky guy he played decently in st louis when he was first there and he went on a couple cold streaks that's why they dealt him to us because he was streaky when he was up now he's getting an everyday spot in, in, in washington and he's still a little streaky but he's coming out the gates hot this season I don't – the reason we you, you traded a Juan Soto type is because you could rebuild your farm system. You're not going to re- be able to rebuild your farm system on a Lane Thomas trade. The resume is just not there yet. You got you to exactly. build the resume. He can be good for a couple of years, and then maybe you trade him, but I, the, there's no resume there yet. I mean, he hasn't – you know, it's only been a 20-game sample size of good baseball. It's just not enough to be a trade piece quite yet. Brad, what are you thinking? I mean, he hasn't even been that good. He's been he's been, he's been above average. He's been pretty good. His defense is good, and his no, bat not. is is. He's in the what? seventh percentile for outs above average. He's got a yes, good arm, but I think. when you're I... watching him on, he has a very good arm. Okay, and when you're watching him on the field, he's making good plays. He he's Brad, interesting. He threw he. You're not watching. He cut the, the game. ball off. He cut the ball off one. I time. don't have to when I see he's at when I can click outs above average and scroll down and you're like oh he's I can go all the way down and see his name that's not, it's not great. always okay and also we're talking about a great bat with a nice seven or a 711 nice ops what's that expected Woba? oh sorry a 269 yeah the Woba. i mean so everything is pointing yeah. that lane thomas does not deserve to be having the success he is but you know maybe he starts to yeah i mean the sprint speed and arm strength appears to be there I don't know why that doesn't correlate to outs above average. I don't know if he's bad at tracking, but that might be something he can fix in the future. He could be, you know, one of the better defensive guys out there. Um, but yeah, the expected expected Wob is in the 13th percentile, barrel in 12th percentile, expected slugging in 11th, not hitting the ball too hard. But his max exit below is hard. Um, the peripherals are not jumping off the page for this guy. I'm more hyped about Victor Robles, I think, if he's still um you know tearing it up he's not doing as well as he was before but you know he's at least looking somewhat be- uh okay uh sorry, <laughs> i just pulled up this i just pulled up the baseball savant page from he's still got a good arm uh i don't That's know fair. i i i'm, I'm grasping at straws Steve. i'm trying uh but i mean well, there, i mean some- okay so no you you got again you're gonna get what you're gonna get from the percentiles and the Brad stats, but if you watch the games, you can see he's doing things that a good baseball player does, right? Again, all these guys should be good baseball players, but but you're when you're going out and you're watching the because I've watched, I think I've missed one game throughout the season. I missed the first game of the Guardian series. Um, let's actually let's let's I'm gonna flip this. Let's talk about the Guardians for a little bit. Um, Shane Bieber looked pretty good in his outing. Um, nothing crazy. Um, outside of that, the bullpen is pretty is extremely good. Um, and they got the Nats had a very good comeback win against them um, on a call that was somewhat questionable on Stone Garrett sliding in at home plate. He was originally called out, um, but he was called safe due to blocking the plate, which I thought he was just safe in general. But that's ended up winning that game. Um, Jose Jose Ramirez looked very good. Um, he had a bomb. Uh, and Josh Bell, I think coming back to Washington, he always hit well in Washington before. Um, I think coming back to Washington really helped him. Um, and I think it'll hopefully kind of start him um, for the rest of the season with the Guardians. Yeah. All right, moving on to – I don't want to talk about this one. Can we skip this one? No. The Giants nope. at the Tigers. 
Okay, let's start with the positives. Tyra Estrada is having a breakout season. Five hits, two doubles, and a home run in two games. I think that home run was about 115 off the bat, and it went about 440 feet. That's not something a guy that, you know, Tyra Estrada size. That's not something people do like that. Uh, I'm impressed. Uh, J.D. Davis, also looking good. Good clutch bat. Um, uh, four hits, six RBIs, and two home runs in that two-game series, one in each game. The offenses looked legit. I think they had about, I think they had 15 hits first game, nine hits second game. You know, getting on base at a good rate, scoring runs. The bullpen is so bad. Third highest bullpen ERA in all of baseball. They're so, they're so bad. I don't, I mean, and it, it boils down to the fact that the starters are not pitching that bad. It's the fact that they get pulled in the third inning. Descalfani continues to look good. Uh, that's my, that's my bright spot there. You know, you pull Sean Manaya in the third inning or something, you put in John Brevia, he gives up three. You can't do that. That's not a recipe for success. You have to have a starter go five innings or more. I, I mean, I, and that, that, that new rule in the minors might be the fix to that. You know, the Gabe Kapler effect needs to at least change to the point where we can have starting pitching go deeper into games because we can't have the bullpen pitching six innings a game. That's why they're so bad. Brad, what are your thoughts on this? The Tigers looked okay. The Giants yeah. just looked worse. That's really my only takeaway from this series. Do you still think that this does this Giants? Okay, let me let me ask you this: Does this two game series move the Giants up in the offensive rankings? I think it does. I think it just moves them further down in the pitching ranking. The you offense is the real. Tigers. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, Tom. It's the it's the Tigers. You you lost and, and you got walked off by Miguel Cabrera. Um, forty-year-old like Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Hey, he's thirty-nine. Thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair, but you turned. What was it? You turned forty today. Um, yeah. Happy again, birthday. Not. Not good. Um, you you can't get walked off by a forty-year-old Miguel Cabrera and the terrible Tigers team. Yeah. That's. I mean, yeah. That's all you have to. That's all you have to say about this series. And in, in all honesty, I I'm I'm upset about it. Um, but I, I am kind of surprised that the offense looks, looks good. Um, moving on to the Braves at the Royals. I think the Braves are the best team in baseball with the Rays going down and losing two games. I don't know. I, I really think that, that there's just such a good combo of offense and, you know, actual pitching on this team that just makes them such a threat to me, at least to me. I, I just, I don't know. Bobby Woods red hot heated up in a matter of four games, raised his batting average by like 150 points. Um, that's really the highlight for the Royals in this series, and the Braves did sweep them. All right, we have any takeaways from this? Braves no. good, Royals bad. I, I will say, let me look. This is this is my takeaway. Brady Singer struck out eight while giving up eight runs. Um, I, I, I'm I'm not sold on Brady Singer, but I think he could be good. He has the potential to be good. I just. You know, you're playing the probably the best offense in baseball at this point. It's just it's not enough. Um, those are my only takeaways. I think Nick Anderson pitched two games in that series and he looked very good for both games. That is probably my my takeaway from this series. What do you guys think about that? He's thrown it like every single game they've played. Hey, I mean, if he can if he if he can be back to that 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 Tampa Bay Rays twenty twenty form, um, they got themselves a pretty cheap reliever for the production he's giving. Uh, moving on to the Mariners versus the Rockies. The Mariners swept. Uh, that's the takeaway, but there's more. Jared Kelnick is pretty good at baseball. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, George Kirby with a good start. Uh, quality start, not a not a Cy Young start like we'll talk about in a second, but you know, a, a quality start for George Kirby. Luis Castillo is my front runner to win Cy Young right now. I, I think he continues to do this. He has looked borderline unhittable this season. And I see under that it says normal Tim L. Um, so it appears we have a disagreement here. Who would like to speak against me? Well, it's just that it says he <laughs> will win the Cy Young. It's just you forget that Garrett Cole is currently in the American League right now. Uh, no, he looked really good, though. He had six perfect innings. He comes out. The announcers were just like, yeah, he hasn't let up a hit yet. You know he has a perfect game? He hasn't have a, he hasn't let a hit yet. The, the, oh, he loved Garrett. That's what they do every time. I, I, so it's so annoying. I turned on the broadcast and he went, he's been perfect through six so far. Let's see what he can do. And like first pitch jerks and profile hits a single, not first pitch, but like you get the point. And I was like, what, what, 
because they did this they did this too and in in the NLCS when the Nats played the Cardinals and Anibal Sanchez had a, a no hitter or a perfect game going and the broadcasters freaking what's his name the TNT guy uh Ernie Ernie was like yep there's a no hitter this Anibal Sanchez guy's got a no hitter going what are you what are you talking about you don't talk about it that's that's like a rule brings and, viewership in that's the only reason they do it it's but it's an it's just an it's just it's it's so annoying as a as a baseball fan to just you're like you just don't you don't say that and yeah tom as your your he will win cy young uh i had him third in cy young voting so i'm always going to be right there with you moving on to the final series of this episode the the mid versus the mets the athletics oh yeah i love this team mid. bad really bad um Mets are obviously going to sweep this series, but they scored 17 runs in the first game. Surprisingly, only on 11 hits. That says more about their defense and control uh, when it comes to pitching. But Tom, they got out hit by the. Did you what? get how many walks the A's had in that game? How many? How many walks? Yeah, 17. 17. Oh man, yeah, that's a good stat to have. Um, the A's actually out hit them in this game. So I mean, that says a lot about the A's. Good, good job, guys. I don't know what they're training, but uh, I, I guess they have a drill for just throwing balls. I don't know. Uh, Lindor appears to be warming up. I think he had a seven RBI game in the first one in a grand slam. Um, let's talk about the bright sides. I mean, obviously the Mets lineup is hitting. Uh, Alonzo's hitting bombs. He's leading the league in home runs. Let's talk about the bright sides of the Oakland Athletics, soon to be Las Vegas Athletics. Shintaro Fujinami had his first good game. I'm happy. I I hope his mom was in the stands and she got to watch that because the first game when he gave up like eight runs, that was really sad to watch. But I hope she was there for this one because he had a good game versus a very stacked Mets lineup, I must add. And Brad, I'd like to talk. I want to point this one out. Esteri Ruiz is batting 321 with only 10 strikeouts in 17 games. He's playing decent defense out there. I think if not good defense. Can you eat your words yet, please? No. Please. No, I, I, I like this guy. I really like Estuary Ruiz. I think he's going to be good. Okay, I mean, Tom. Yeah. Do you want to know what Mark Kotze said over the weekend, their manager? Yeah. This isn't a competitive environment. He flat out said that to the yeah, media. Yeah, I mean. Did, did you guys I, see? Did you guys see what the fans are going to do? The Oakland fans are going to do? Book. They're reverse boycotting. They're going to all go to the game on like June 13th to prove that it's not the fan base that's the problem. It's the ownership and the the uh, everyone else within the organization. Brad, do you see his peripherals? Are they are they surprising <laughs> to you? Please. You completely missed the point. Say Estuary Ruiz is decent, please. I remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, this guy, watch out for him. Watch out. He's going to be pretty good. I mean, he's. I think he's got how many walks does he have? He has less walks than hit by pitches. So there goes that on base percentage right there. I can I can pick this apart if you want me to, because I will. He has a higher expected woba than like some of the all stars right now. I I'm I'm sold. He's the greatest okay. player of all time. Okay. Next His average exit bad. velocity is 86 miles an hour off the bat. You can accidentally poke a ball because you see how none of those balls are hit relatively far besides one. And it was a double. That double was like, oh my gosh, how many feet was that? Okay. At least three. Okay. I think, I think instead of you having this argument on air, let's go to the playoff simulator. The stimulator. The stimulator. I'm not saying that. The playoff stimulator. Because it I'm all right. Not so saying the way that. this will work. Okay. I'm excited for this one. This is week two. Last week, if you missed it, uh Tom wasn't here. So I ran Steve's for the stimulator. That's why I got the name <laughs> Stimulator. Um, so he had the Tampa Bay Rays winning. So the way this will work is uh one of us will just say out one of the teams and then we vote. It's like a best of three for every series. So, American League yeah. wild card. Tom, Rangers, Orioles. Rangers. Stems. Rangers. Damn it. All right, Rangers, take it. I knew you were going to go with the Orioles. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to do that. All right. So. They don't have the Yankees, Blue Stems, Rangers, Blue Jays. Uh, Not Rangers, Rangers Yankees, Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Okay. Uh, let's go Blue Jays. All right, Tom. 
I'm going Blue Jays. I, I'm not sold on the Yankees. Okay, we're on the same page. All right, we're chilling. Okay, National League wild card. Diamondbacks, Pirates. Series we all want to see. Dude, I genuinely don't know about this one. I might go with the Pirates. I'm just saying. They're hot right Diamondbacks. now. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Yeah. Ah! Okay. All right. Cubs, Mets. I'm going with the Mets still. I don't think the Cubs. Stems, it's up to you. Don't do it, Stems. At this, at this point in time, give me the Cubs. All righty. Okay. The Mets don't have the pitching. <laughs> All right. ALDS. Stems, Rays, Blue Jays. Because we just saw a series. We just saw what happens in a, in a three games. <laughs> Blue Jays. I'm taking the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I, I, yeah. All right. Uh, twins, Rangers, Twins. I'm going the Twins. I'm saying defense wins championships. Twins. All right. Uh, Tom, Cubs, Braves. Braves, easily. Stevs. Braves. Braves. All right. Brad, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Brewers. Brewers. <laughs> I like you said you started writing it down before you okay. ALCS twins blue jays twins. Give me the twins. I would have gone with the blue jays, but shoot. Uh okay. Stevs, Braves, Brewers. Braves. Braves. I would say Brewers, but okay. You're just All doing right, it for a good time. 1991 repeat. The twins versus the Braves. All right. Hold up. We're going to say it on three. Three. What? Two. Wait, what? Wait. Is it one. I don't know what I want, bro. No. Oh, all right. Say it on three. Force it. Three. Braves. 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 And the Braves. Go. And the Braves are your World Series champions. Oh, yeah. All right. The Atlanta Braves have won the Week 2 simulator. The Tampa Bay Rays got knocked out in the ALDS this time. We have some technical difficulties. When it counts, it counts to three. Uh, thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We'll be back on Friday with a weekly scheduled episode recapping the little recapping the weekday series. We'll be doing our power rankings. And I kind of want to talk about reformatting a couple of things just so we're not focused on some teams like the Oakland Athletics. Um, just talking about key points from everything. Thank you all for listening. If you want to interact with us at all, all social medias are down there. They're in the description somewhere. You'll see them. They have a label next to them saying their social medias, which if you want to see all of our TikToks that we're going to start getting to upload in the next couple of weeks, they'll be getting out now. Thank you all for listening to the Florida Baseball Podcast. We will see you all next time. Papa. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Still.